Welcome to the podcast of Catholic Marriage A to Z, where we cover topics of Catholic marriage from A to Z and everything in between. We are Audrey and Zach Peters, a young Catholic couple shedding light on the realities of Catholic marriage as we try to live it to the fullest. Unfiltered, personal, and authentic. Follow along with us every week as we dive into different topics surrounding Catholicism and marriage. Hello. 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 Sorry, I thought I'd delay it a little bit, you know, change up a bit. Yeah, you like to make the intros interesting, don't you? I mean, you got to do something to bring them in, right? Yeah. Is that the goal? I guess. The the numbers, the clicks. (laughs) The streams. Stream our podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yay. I am currently trying to figure out marketing because I, I didn't know if you guys could tell, but I, I run a lot of the marketing for the podcast and for the social media page. So, yeah. If you guys have any tips. I mean, you're listening to it now, so obviously it worked. So we got you here. There we go. Yeah. Good stuff. Well. Well. <laughs> I guess you, you probably already saw the intro to today. Um, but we always want to go into more detail and talk with you guys about everything that's happened the past, literally the past two weeks. And I think it's kind of interesting because obviously the past four episodes have been about the past. We've done five. <laughs> what? We've done five episodes. Have we? Yeah. So this is our fifth. No, this is our sixth. Okay. Well, uh, in our past five episodes, um, wow. Sorry, I'm just so surprised. I've been telling people like, oh, four are out. I said, literally today I was talking. No, to there's five. Them. Okay, good. <laughs> so in our past five episodes, thank you, we have talked a lot about the past, I don't know, I mean, well, our whole lives, but especially more about the past, you know, three, four years um, in our times in college. And then the most recent one, obviously, with our marriage, like that was, I guess, three months ago. So a little more recent. Um, today, we're talking about something that literally was a part of our lives the past two weeks, um, pretty recent. And this is kind of the direction we do want to move in with this podcast is as hard as it might be for us to be talking about this today. We want you guys to be a part of our journey and to know that we don't have everything figured out and it's not perfect and it's not happy-go-lucky every single step of the way, even with God in our hearts and our marriage in the center of our lives, and that there are going to be trials. And I think we literally talked about this on the last episode or two ago of that we need to continue to learn to sacrifice for each other and know that there are are trials to come. And here we are. And we want to share our honest thoughts with you. We don't want to hold back. And we want it to be real because we hope that this can help you or someone else that you might know uh, has gone through this or will. And again, we don't know how it might help you, uh, but we hope that you can have some light uh, in the midst of what's happened. But Yeah. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly. I know when we were thinking up this podcast originally, like this whole, this whole deal, this whole thing, um, you know, we are not, we have a good theology base with how we've been formed, but we're not master theologians or anything. So while we try to incorporate that, we also want you just to see our real lives and just to see what it is like to live out a Catholic marriage and to do it as it happens in, in the little intro or our description or whatever, however we said it there. So yeah, yeah this is that. 
So Amazing. start with, let's start with the good parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, um, so I've going into marriage, I've had some like menstrual cycle irregularities. Uh, sorry if that's a lot of information for people, but just trying to kind of fix some stuff there, fix some hormonal stuff. I'd been going to doctors and uh, a lot of stuff, um, since like the end of our engagement through the beginning of now marriage. So yeah, I was put on a medication, um, and I won't go into detail, but put on a medication that was supposed to induce a cycle and stuff like that. So going through this whole process, um, and I was on my second round of it, I guess pretty recently, I guess maybe a month ago now. Um, I was on my second round of it. And also at the same time, uh, Zach and I, we've been open to life. Um, that was in, you know, in our marriage vows and a big part of our marriage. And we had discerned that we are open to life, um, open to have a child right now. I know being open to life, it looks different, different ways. And we may end up touching more on NFP in the future and reasons to abstain. But we had discerned going into marriage that there wasn't a reason to, 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 yeah, to wait or to not. Um, It really drove a lot of our decisions and yeah, we were very open to the possibility of having a child pretty soon into marriage. So, um, yeah, exciting times. And, yeah, I was going through a lot of taking a lot of pregnancy tests and such with the medication because um, there was some some stuff there where I had to test negative to take another round of it and all of this. So, basically, I'd gotten to the end of, let's see, it was January, so it was probably, that's two months into our marriage? Yeah. Two, two and a half. Um, and we had, I had taken a test and we had determined that I was not pregnant this cycle and um, a little disheartening, I guess. I know if you can think back, it was, it was a little disheartening. I mean, more or less. I want to preface too. We, yeah, we will definitely touch base on all of this, theologically speaking, why we believe what we believe in terms of what we're doing right now and what we have been doing. But in, in this specific instance, of course we wanted to. Of course, it would have been nice in that moment. I should, I should, I should say. But at the same time, it had been two months. You know, I, I literally had spoken with someone uh, very recently. It might have been a little before or after that, where he had told me that a couple had to wait six years of trying, like from from their wedding night all the way till this mark. They, you know, were faithful Catholic, Catholics, all that, and they never achieved pregnancy until six years into their marriage. So I was, I was using that a lot from my own hindsight of like, okay, sure. I wanted this to happen and it would be great. But at the same time to imagine having that patience and to have that faithfulness to say, I'm going to trust you Lord and to give him that control and man, six years, that that's a long time for anybody, regardless if you're religious or not, if you're, if you're trying for six years to, to remain steadfast and to push through. But for me, that was why I was, I was sad. Sure. But like, I was, I was like, okay, two months, six years, a little bit of a difference there. I, I, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to freak out just yet, but I know we both wanted it. Yeah. I think Zach jokes with me all the time, but I'm learning to be a more patient person. Um, but I am slightly impatient. So after, you know, two months of trying and 
getting that negative test, I was like, oh, that sucks. But then, you know, Zach kind of talked me through it a little bit. And I don't know about you, but I had gotten around to the fact that, okay, like, if God wants us to wait a few months or so or wait a while or so to get pregnant, that'll be okay. That there's other ways to be life-giving in marriage and life-giving in the sacrament other than that. So I had kind of come to terms with that a little bit. And I think some of that stress before I came to terms with it was just tracking so much and taking a lot of like ovulation tests and stuff like that. So um, yeah, kind of came to terms with taking a break from stressing so much about trying to get pregnant. I don't know about you, Zach. Yeah. and, and, And again, knowing of all the things that we had been working through, during the engagement process with with you and just everything going on we we had a we already had a preconceived idea in our heads that it might it might be harder you know it might take a little bit longer um so there for me it was i I can say pretty firmly that i I was in a good spot Mm -hmm. i wasn't i wasn't feeling too too bad about it yeah so yeah we were just living life you know um i'd say about a week passes from that point yeah. A week or two. I think it might have been two weeks, actually, but doesn't matter. A short amount of time passes from this point. And I've said this before, but I get paranoid. A lot. A lot. It's how it is. Um, I get paranoid and I'm, you know, I'm waiting for a period to come around and I'm just I'm getting some weird cramping, which is not like totally abnormal. Could have been written off as anything. But I, I took a shower. And I was in the bathroom and I was staring at, I had a bunch of pregnancy tests. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take one. I'm just going to take one because, you know, like, so then I can stop worrying like, oh, what if the test was wrong that I took two weeks earlier? Like, I'm just going to take one. And I'm not practice, mind you. I'm not, not here. Not, don't know. I don't know any of this. This is all very new. This is new for me too. So I'm enjoying this. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get over these thoughts in my head and just, it, it's, and I was yelling at myself the whole time taking it. I was like, this is stupid. Like these tests, pregnancy tests are expensive. Something yeah. I did not realize. I was like, this is like a $10 test each one. And like, this is dumb. So I take it. Um, it's positive. So yeah, that was fun. Um, I, <laughs> I am running around the house just like pacing and so happy also shocked yeah even though it was such it was so wanted and so everything also shocked like oh my gosh that's that's a human um just created a person well i guess just detected that we created a person with god's help so um yeah did that uh went out to cvs grabbed some ice cream and some more pregnancy tests because i don't know i always saw everyone take two in case like i guess one was wrong or the messed up or whatever Ate some ice cream, took another test, also positive. Um, so that was good. Yeah. And then I went through the agony of waiting three hours to pick up Zach from practice to tell him. Because in my head, I always wanted it to be like kind of a big reveal. I kind of hoped that I would find out when you were not around. Yeah. I don't think I ever told you this, no. but I kind of hoped I would find out while you were not around. So it could be like a big surprise and everything. So I pick up Zach from practice and. Zach, I think you got the rest of the story from here. I mean, yeah, she, she, she asked me. She texted me. She's like, you know, when are you coming home? Like, what's the time? We're, you know, same time, still good. I'm like, yes, dear. Like, we're, we're we're good. Let's let's calm down. Okay, I miss you, but let, 
I'll see you soon. No. And yeah, she picks me up. She's in a pretty happy mood. Pretty pretty normal though. Like nothing crazy. You know, we're, we're always happy to see each other after I'm gone for, you know, five, six hours uh, at the gym. And and yeah, we're driving home. Again, n- nothing too crazy. I know she's about to make dinner. We walk in, you know, same old small talk. I'm talking to her about gym, this and that. I might have gone to the bathroom. I don't know. Like, again, not expecting a thing and just i was so impatient i was just waiting for you because i i didn't say anything i just left them out so and again she did a good job of like not trying to like lead me or again like like we said she's very paranoid very um or she gets paranoid very easily and she is very impatient so the fact that she did it as well as she did is insane Uh, pretty pretty good timing for it though and yeah get out of the bathroom i think wait and get to see your premise like for our apartment, you walk in, living room's to the right, walk a little bit further, bathroom on the left, kitchen's a little bit further to the right. Uh, it's a pretty big kitchen. We have our we have a table right there. I walk out, I give her a hug, just because why not? You know, she's my wife, love her. And as I let go, I kind of see like these pregnancy tests on the table. And again, she had taken some a week or two before, so I thought maybe they're the same ones or something like that, or just like she had him out for fun because she maybe she's gonna take another one because she had been talking about being paranoid. That was my first thought was, oh, maybe she took another one for fun slash she's about to because she's been so paranoid lately about how she felt. And yeah, I'll never forget looking down at the table because you can see Audrey finally realized she's like, yes, got him here. We're finally <laughs> here. Like you know, probably three and a half four hours later now of the full you know, full full circle, and I looked down. I read it, think it's a joke. I keep staring. I'm yeah, literally a jaw dropping moment. Audrey's just you know, she kinda she's kinda standing away to the side, letting me have my moment with, with these two pregnancy tests. And she's just standing there. I'm still like mouth wide open, little teary eyed, like looking at her like I, mean, I probably froze for a good thirty seconds, right? And yeah. I mean, like <laughs> literally, not to be dramatic, I just had no idea it's like someone reset your hard drive or something like you just did not move no it, it was so out of left field and we were you know she, yeah I mean, she shouldn't have been preg- pregnant like based off everything we were told with you know we won't get into that too much but just everything we've been doing like she shouldn't have been you know and i was like oh I know, but it's real and then obviously yeah, i i gave her a hug again. again you know pretty pretty good timing and and yeah, it was it was a really special moment. Um, got a picture of it, obviously. Okay, so uh, those close to me, if you want to see it, to believe it, got it. It's there. <laughs> uh, no, it. Yeah, it was just a, it was just so good, and just that whole night, just getting to hold Audrey and and just how beautiful that was that God put that before us. It was truly a blessing. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so. Went through the next few days uh, in a very good mood and everything. Uh, super happy. This is, a, this is on a Wednesday, right? Tuesday, Wednesday? I believe so. I think it was a Yeah, it was a Wednesday. Which is which one of our longer days of practice. So that's yeah. why she had to wait even longer. I know. So. It was awful. Yes. <laughs> but I was like, I just wanted that moment for you and everything. I, I debated calling him from practice, but I didn't. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So went the through the next few days. And I don't know. I think I just want to stress the happy parts before we get to the sad parts uh spoiler alert but um just yeah very happy um just wrapping my mind around that there 
was a baby inside of me. Um, even though it didn't look like a baby, I think I looked up a million things and it's like, oh, it looks like a tadpole. And I'm like, okay. Maybe but... even smaller, you know. Yeah, just just tiny, like size of a poppy seed estimated. We don't even know. We were scheduling our um, appointments for like first ultrasound and mm-hmm. to date the pregnancy and everything. Yeah. So we weren't sure. But I don't know. And I'm still working through this. But while pregnant, I was like, I, I told Zach something similar. Like, I feel like I don't have to do anything and I still feel accomplished for the day like a big thing with me is I feel like I have to be doing something in order to be worthy or um which is not true by the way again still working yeah no I just want to make it clear for others but yes yeah I feel like I have to be always doing something or always trying to accomplish something in order to feel worthwhile and to feel I I don't know and for once I was like you know what I joked to Zach. I was like, you know what? I did my job for the day. I grew a tiny human. I took so many naps. It was great. I I just I gave myself a break and just thought about the the human inside of me that, you know, everyone thinks about giving birth to a tiny little baby and that's how it is at first. But that this human would grow up to have hopes and dreams and be a teenager and go out and maybe get married, maybe be a priest or none or whatever and change the world just so many so many thoughts um so yeah it was a good few days um then on saturday so about four days later i did i had some bleeding um and it was a good amount yeah we were out at the the g women's gymnastics meet shout out oh, yeah. um and at the end of that i i noticed uh, those symptoms and yeah we we went to the ER um, basically they ran a lot of tests and they couldn't tell me for sure because it takes a while for that hormone like the pregnancy hormone to drop down and that's like the sign of having a miscarriage um, but it was they were pretty sure it was and later we confirmed that I did have a miscarriage that night so yeah, yeah and you know I feel this entire time I think it was especially hard because we we had a lot of the facts in front of us. We still had to wait a little bit to officially confirm that, you know, a few days later, probably not till well, was it the next Thursday maybe? Yeah, we had to wait a good, you know, five, six days to, you know, let it fully come to rest. But in that moment, you know, it's it's just so quick. No matter how how long this child was with Audrey and with us, they were still there and trying to work through that excitement and then have it having it be ripped away so quickly, uh, having it change, I should say, you know, I think that was probably the hardest part. I think in some ways, one could argue, this had happened, you know, five, six months later, it'd be even harder. And maybe that's true, right? Well, it probably would 100% would be true. But at the same time, like we literally found out <laughs> four days before it happened. And again, maybe if I know Audrey's talked about this with me and the doctors have brought it up, like, why do you take a pregnancy test? Or, well, you know, what if we didn't, then it would have been written off as a bad period, or, you know, just really bad cramping. And 
I think that was part of it too, is like how often maybe this happens to people or, you know, I, I know Audrey's brought up again, like wasn't so paranoid. We would never have known there would have been no visits, no money spent, all that, like all, all these, all these things. And again, try, trying to go back to it and say like, we still created life with, with the help of God and to have that, that grace and that beauty again, as hard as this is, is, as hard as this is to say, I would still rather know than not. Doesn't doesn't change how hard it is right now and how hard it has been for both of us. But to know that they were there, that we created that and that we were able to make that happen. I think that's the beauty of what I've been trying to focus on personally. I know it's still been hard for both of us, but that that was the only thing I could hold on to and still continue to do so. And now a few things have happened since then to kind of help that. Um, if you don't know a lot about the Catholic faith, uh, we believe that um, any miscarriages or stillborns uh, or any infants uh, that die shortly after birth do go to heaven. Uh, in what form, we're not exactly sure. I haven't done enough research on that. I know I could probably figure that out more, but either way that you get you to get to meet uh, your child in heaven. Uh, so with that too, a lot of that comes with naming your kid, which as, as rare as that might sound to some of y'all out there, whether you're a Catholic or not, it is a very real thing. It is a very powerful and very special uh, part of this. And as much as I'd love to take credit uh, for uh, this presumably baby boy that we had, uh, I have to give it to Audrey to talk about how it came up with the name uh, and where it comes from and the full the full story. So. Yeah, and I guess after this, we'll go into more of kind of our feelings about everything and kind of how we've mm -hmm. been coping. But um, a few days after, I was praying. Um, it was probably the first time I'd really tried to pray because that's been difficult. Um, and yeah, I was praying. And the verse that had been coming into my head was Job, Book of Job. Um, and it's a very common verse. Basically, Job is a very short synopsis. Job is a very faithful man. And Satan's like, hey, God, like this guy, Job, he like, let me like throw everything at him. And then I bet he'll like curse you and turn against you. And you're not really that good. And God's like, OK, go ahead. Like, bet. Um, yeah. So, yeah, then like Satan curses Job and like gives him like boils and kills his whole family and takes all his wealth. And yeah, just ter terrible time for Job. Um, not great at all. And basically through it all, basically the one of the big themes is that Job does not curse God, doesn't say, oh, God thought I did something bad and like I hate him now. Like he he's cursing me like he didn't believe that. And one of the lines in Job is the the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Pretty common verse and pretty common thing and gave me a lot of comfort because even though the Lord had taken away everything, his faith remained unchanged. Yeah. And that's what he was saying. And so, yeah, I was just reading through that book of Job because that really, that verse struck me. And I went to the beginning of the chapter and, um, and my Bible has little notes about like the chapter and the synopsis. And there's this interesting thing, I guess, I have not read the entire book of Job, so I should not, I am not, I am no scholar, 
but there i guess there's this guy and it's debated as to whether he really existed or he was just like an interpretation added in yeah. either way it didn't really matter and his name was elihu and basically after job gets cursed and everything he's talked to his three friends and these three friends are like yeah god's totally cursing you like you did something wrong you're wicked and job's like no but i guess the way he was arguing it from my understanding he was like oh i've done nothing wrong and being very self-righteous right. about it basically elihu goes in and is like no it's not you that's righteous it's god's that right god that is righteous and he has all the power um no matter what these circumstances are like god has the power and god is working towards your good um and yeah, I was really struck by his words. And then eventually God comes down and backs up Elihu and is like, Job, why are you cursing me? And Job, uh, sorry, not cursing me because Job didn't do that. But like, why are you being self-righteous? And Job repents. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, and I've known you're, you were the God the whole time, like, which, which is fair yeah. and uh, happy ending. Um, but yeah, I was struck by this Elihu character who was able to give the wisdom of God to Job right before God came down and spoke to him and looked up the name and everything and it means he is my god and then there was another like i looked through several websites of the name elihu and the meaning and there were several web one of them said like he is my god and will remain that way and i think that's what i needed to hold on to during this time and yeah throughout the whole four days of pregnancy that we knew about we thought it was a girl zach joked that it was a girl he thought it was a girl and i did too but after the miscarriage and when I kept talking to God, I think it was a boy. Yeah. So I talked to Zach about it and he agreed and we named him Elihu Zachary Peters. Um, Eli, because both of us don't really know how to pronounce Elihu. Me, me, me more than Audrey. I've probably said it 20 different times. So. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, some dark humor for you. The best part of naming dead babies is that you don't have to worry about people making fun of their name. Because it is like an interesting name if you met like a kid on the street named Elihu. So yeah. we didn't really have to be worried about that. Yeah. But I like to call him Eli when I pray. So baby Eli. Yeah. And again, if for some reason we are wrong, uh, the name can still be Ellie as well. So mm -hmm. it works in both ways. So yeah. we're prepared for all options. But Yeah. I guess, yeah, I don't, I can't say for sure or anything. No. So, yeah, we, we named Eli and then we processed for a while. Still are. Still are. <laughs> Even right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still processing and I haven't told Zach this, but, you know, he, he left to go get Domino's after we got back from the hospital um, because it was the only thing that was open and at night, yeah. yeah, very late. And I was just sitting there and I was just a mess and crying out to God and crying out at the crucifix on our wall in our living room. I was just asking why so dramatic, so dramatic. I know, but just, I was screaming. Why not screaming? The neighbors would have been annoyed, but just crying. Why? Um, and it reminded me of, in that pain, it reminded me of Jesus, because I was literally staring at him on the cross. It reminded me of Jesus on the cross yelling, like, Father, why have you forsaken me? And it, it was a very painful moment. Um, but, like, Jesus was, was God and still thought that he had been forsaken. And ultimately, 
that led to God's will being done. Um, so it brought me just a little bit of comfort. Not, not a lot, not a lot, but it brought me a little bit of comfort. It's like, oh, here's Jesus, like, saying the exact same thing. Like, God, why have you forsaken me? I was feeling the exact same way at that time. And it ended up being the the symbol of our faith, um, the mark of our faith that Jesus suffered and brought about something greater and brought about heaven and hope and life for everyone. Yeah. I haven't shared that with Zach yet. So no. uh, that was... Yeah, that night was very hard. Very hard. Yeah, I don't think we got to sleep till 2 a.m. No. Just trying to wind down as much as we could and trying to get some sleep before the next day. Just from the whole, from the entire Saturday. It was a long day. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just... I think we've just been kind of going through grief, you know, the five stages, as cliche as they are, they were very true, um, have been very true, and I think still processing through it, so I can't really say anything um, of how to get through that yet, I guess, because I think we're still going through it. Um, I know a big thing for me has been, because it's emotional pain, because it's not like, oh, I hurt my leg or something, because it was mainly emotional pain. It honestly wasn't that painful for me physically, which thank goodness for that. But the emotional pain, like trying to still treat myself like I'm sick because it's just hard. I can't do like all the things that I used to do. And I'm like, why do I have no energy or why can't I go to work even just for like two hours and um, getting better, but just trying to take time and time i think the only way to get over is to go through it so that's i think that's what we're doing right now yeah no and if i had to offer any piece of advice i'd say it on two fronts a this is part of what we've been doing but b in terms of anybody i think this is valuable the first thing being i don't think there's any proper way to rush like getting back into real life I think for, for me, it's a little bit tougher in my scenario. I think my guys, my boys here, and, and Jake, my assistant coach, they'd be understanding if I took off more time. I just took off that Monday, basically. I went in, told them, you know, said hi, gave them their assignments and got out. And then I went back on Tuesday. And But again, I don't think there's a right timing to do it. If, you're, if your work allows you to you know, stay home, if you can, I think that's good. I mean, that's a lot to process, but more importantly for me and speaking to my own personal experience and how I've been dealing with it is trying to use my suffering as a sacrifice uh, for Audrey specifically for, for Eli and just for, for others and by, and then turning that into providing service for, for Audrey, really trying to just stay on top of whether it be dinner, whether it's the chores around the house getting her ice cream or just spending time with her, laying down with her, watching some Parks and Rec, whatever that might look like. Uh, just trying to do whatever I can. Not necessarily one thing I've tried to wrap my mind around more for her, not to make her feel better necessarily, but just to ease the pain and to ease the stress of what she's been doing for me every single day, allowing me to do my job, you know, by her doing all these things around the house and dinner and whatever it might look like. When she does that, 
that then allows me to be more stress-free and allow me more freedom to do my job better to serve other to, to serve others basically so it's a it's a different process that now i need to serve audrey before my job not that i didn't before but there's more of a focus like if anything if all else fails she the, it doesn't matter i'm not going to gym i'm not serving them i'm gonna show up right at 2 30 and leave right at 5 30 because i need to be with my wife and that mindset that's just, and that's just how i've been working through is trying to sacrifice my time and resources and energy for her and for me personally it has been beautiful in that way to love her like that and to hold her and just spending more time with her really which is obviously i'll never complain about that but again i think it's a good way to use your sacrifice and to use your your suffering and say okay let me let me give to someone else in order to receive more of christ potentially again we don't want to set that expectation on him but again allowing yourself to be to be open to helping others and to loving others that was what i wanted to do and again i knew audrey no matter what happens moving forward that she was going to feel this more than me regardless uh, she had to go through still some of the, a little bit of physical pain not very much um, but still everything that she went through that i didn't have to physically go through during this process definitely makes it harder for her and i had to understand that as well and still working through that but regardless to look at where we're at, where we are at uh, and trying to see what we can do and still processing still learning that's been some hard i know we we uh have asked for the intercession of saint lawrence at our church here in town by lighting a candle i don't know the exact word for this a vigil candle uh, yeah like the little red candles yeah i i don't they might be vigil yeah. candles i'm not exactly yeah, no, sure I'm honestly not, yeah and you know you know praying praying there and offering that up i think that you know little things like that you know going to adoration praying about it more like audrey said the first time she prayed about it she got that revelation about about the name and probably felt a little bit more peace with it i would imagine i don't know if you want to touch more on that but. yeah um i guess two things I'll, I'll go back to you serving me and yeah zach's been absolutely amazing throughout this whole process and everything um I think when a lot of the stuff we touched on before this was, oh, like discerning marriage and all of that, and maybe to add on now, realizing that, you know, it's not just going through the good times with your spouse or going through like, oh, normal times. Like you have to think about the person that you want to, that you would be able to suffer with, mm -hmm. that when everything breaks loose and who's going to be there for you and who's going to suffer well with you. Um and I think that's just been evident. And I, I was not worried at all, but Zach has made this process so much easier. And I think another way you've made this process easier, which I don't know if I've totally talked to you about, but through our marriage, I have learned to bottle things up less and to say more of what's on my mind, even if I feel dumb for saying it or dumb for thinking it. And usually it's usually with like disagreements, like, oh, that thing made me feel bad. And as opposed to bottling it up, I've been trying to be more outward about it because I know Zach receives it with love always. Um, and I think during this grieving process, and I looked this up online, so I'm not crazy. The internet's Good. always right, totally, right? Yeah. Um, I looked this up online and I guess sometimes women feel like, like usually the man is trying to 
like push through it and trying to sacrifice for the wife, just like Zach so beautifully described, trying to sacrifice for the wife and everything and like do all these things. And while the wife and my reaction was just to sit there and lay there and be a vegetable, basically. Um, so because that those grieving process looked so different, and I think that's pretty common um, because those processes look so different. I think I had to ask Zach like three times. I was like, why aren't you sad? You know? Oh, yeah. I had to ask you a million times, why aren't you sad? And I know it sounds harsh and dumb and blunt, but that's just, that was all I could get out at that time. I couldn't make it sound pretty or anything. And just Zach explaining to me like what he's going through and um, how this was his way of grieving. So I think two, to get through this process and just in marriage, just be able to say the the, I guess, dumb, quote unquote, thoughts that are on your mind, because if I was bottling all that up, I there'd be resentment and I don't think I could get through this process very well. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think it's a really great point is I, I'll touch on two of those things like a yeah, finding someone who you can suffer well with that. That's actually a really good thing to think about, because a lot of times like, you know, an engagement, you know, just in, in dating in college a lot of it is, you know, sun, sunshine and rainbows, I feel like. And you know, you're with a lot, a lot of your friends, you know, all that. and But you don't get to see a lot of the suffering. Oh, mostly. I'm not going to say everybody. Obviously, people go through tough times in college or any point in their life. But that's a really good point to see how people respond to to suffering or to trials. It doesn't mean, though, I'm not, I'm not saying if you have a significant other that either in the past or in the future that responds poorly that does not mean break up with them okay mm -hmm. it just means something probably needs to be talked about and something may need to change but do not break up with this person because of what we're saying what we are trying to make clear is as you are discerning your path to marriage and if you are married if so, if when trials come up and when sufferings happen if there is a disconnect or if someone is not handling it properly that should be addressed i'm not saying like an intervention type way but talk about it leading to the second point of communication is so vital. And even Audrey asked me that very blunt question at any time she's asked me, it was good because it's what she needed to say. And like she said, there, she had no other capacity to be like, hey, like, you know, I'm just a little concerned that you're not like crying too much or like she, she, she could have <laughs> put it that way, right? You know, and doing it like that, but like she couldn't. And so instead of her saying, okay, I don't want to be, you know, I'm trying to think of a, of a bad word, quote unquote, instead of being a, you know, I, I don't know a word, this a poop nugget. I don't know. A poop nugget. I don't know. That's the best thing I've got. <laughs> and just, you know, she just said it because it, it's better just to say it and to see you and, and to have, hopefully they receive you with love and that's what they should do. And that's what I've been trying to tell Audrey is when I think it's now happened just two times, two or three times. I think yeah, times. I might have asked you two yeah. or three times. I lost well, track. Well, that, but I'm saying like this scenario of a little thing becoming bigger later oh, because yes. you, have, you just didn't tell me. Whether, again, we won't get into the whole whether it was right or not. Okay. It doesn't matter. The point being, she didn't tell me. And then it happened a few more times because of me. Again, rightfully so on me. And then finally, we hit maybe the who, who knows how many times like, bam, see you later. Mm -hmm. Good night. I'm going to destroy you. And I'm just like, whoa whoa like let's let's simmer down let's figure this let's talk it through and 
But Audrey's like, no, I'm done. Because in her head, she's like, this has happened this many times. I have told you in my head this many times. And for me, I'm like, I've never, I didn't even know this was a thing. And so in this light, all going back to the fact that even her asking me, why are you not sad? As much as that might seem rude to y'all, or as, as straight up as that might seem, it was still good because we talked about it. And she didn't really understand me at first. And maybe she's still processing how I've been dealing with it. But regardless, we've talked about it and we're getting there. And I have cried. Just maybe not to the extent that Audrey would like to see or, or expect in, in all of this. Uh, but it has been there. Uh, but regardless, yes, I, I think that communication and talking through everything and being blunt, especially in times of suffering and trials, there couldn't have been a better time for her to do it. And she did it. And so I'm very proud of her. And I think I'm very thankful that she's used this as an opportunity to learn and to grow and to hopefully uh, communicate things to me as, as we usually do. And as a, and we always, we do always do, but obviously a first time is always a good thing. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. I think it's a, it's a good lesson to learn just in general for marriage. And then it's even more pronounced when things like this happen. Yeah. So amazing do you have any i have one more thing i kind of want to just end off with before we wrap up but yeah, any no, other sure. thoughts or no, any other I, I love to hear experiences it. yeah i guess we thought about doing this episode as painful as it might be um just to show and we kind of said this at the beginning but just to show that it's not always there's not always a cute little bow to tie on it yeah um I'm sure over time, and maybe if we look back a year from now, I'm sure we'll have some more insights and we'll pray more about it. And God will tell us more about just everything that we're experiencing. So, yeah, it's not always. I go back to our engagement episode where we went through some trials during engagement. It now looks silly now that we're looking back now, but at the time, very, very hard. Very real. Very real. And you know, how we were able to look back and be like, oh, like, yes, we suffered, but it made us better for it. And it did. I'm not it that is 100% true. But just also giving you the perspective of it's okay to feel bad when you're in it and to to struggle and to question. Yeah. To, you know, mm -hmm, to question God, even like, it's okay. You know, not to turn your back on him, no. but to question him. And say why, and sometimes you don't have an answer. No, and that's and you, also okay. And you may never. Yeah. Unfortunately, besides just saying, "Okay, God, this is yours. I'm giving this up to you." But I don't know if you ever want to talk any more on that. I guess I was gonna just say that we hope to show you why in in the coming months, and maybe we won't. And we're not expecting God to give us a direct answer of this or that. We, the, the first thing that we've thought about and talked about is there's something that we're not seeing, something that's going to happen in the next eight, nine months, you know, in the midst of the four weddings we're going to, however many weddings this year, and just all this crazy stuff, you know, and traveling and season uh, and other situations where maybe there's something that we just don't see, that we don't know, and God's preparing for us, but we don't know. We truly don't. Uh, but again, we hope to grow and learn this space and if God gives us the opportunity, then we hope to show you why. And maybe that can help you as well. So, 
Yeah, I think I don't have a lot of profound words right now. And in prayer, it's been hard. But the only the only thing I can say, as with any relationship, you know, you can't leave just because it gets hard. There are reasons to leave, but you can't leave just because it's hard. And sometimes it's hard. But I do know that every time that I've encountered a hard thing, that God has had a better plan in the future. Yeah. Even if I can't see it. For sure. In some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. He always does. And so I have to trust, even though I can't see anything right now and I can't see how this could be good right now. We have to trust. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of the faith. 100%. Amazing. Well, again, you know, we appreciate all of you for listening in and being a part of this podcast. I know today was a lot deeper and a lot harder to maybe listen to today. And so we, we appreciate y'all for just hearing our story. And again, we hope that this can be used for yourself or for others you might know. Uh, again, not not for us. We don't we don't need or want pity. That's not the goal of this at all. But the goal is to help others and to lead them to Christ, like any like any other episode, anything else that we talk about. Uh, but again, uh, just thank you for being here and listening. And we hope that we can continue to talk through the real life of what we're going through. And that it's not just a little bow on top of a three month or four month marriage moving forward, but uh, real life does happen for all those a part of it. Yeah, other than that, it's, marriage has been great. <laughs> I know we didn't talk about the three months before this. Honestly, it's been great. So, still been beautiful no matter what. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it more later. Okay. okay. Well, uh, keep watch Audrey's beautiful marketing on all of our social medias and everything we're doing, and uh, stay tuned as we uh, get to our next podcast here in a week. So. Yes. All right. Well, we will see you all soon. See you. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow our social media and we'll see you next week.